Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the racetalk.com. This is on the grid. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the radio, Shelleman Zaris One. Thank you for joining us. Big show coming your way very shortly. Son of a gun and grandson of a gun as well. Clay Richards to join us to have a chat about his experience, his career in motor racing, which has uh, only been short, but you as he's done a lot in those few years and a lot more to come from Clay Richards, which you probably catch up with him in just a sec. Mark Walker's on a plane coming back from that German assignment. So we've got a replacement, handy one too, Matt Nolte, to join myself and Richard later in the show to wrap up what's been a big, big week in sport. All that to come right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. Well, there's lots to like about this weekend's Shannon Speed Series round at Sandown Raceway in Melbourne. It's going to be a packed program. The weather's looking marginal-ish, but it should be all right. And Sandown's got a great grandstand. You can go and shelter under either way. But the on-track product is going to be great fun. So too, the Super Cheap Auto TCR Australia Series, which is in the midst of a cracking title battle. Not worried about that. And just going out to win races is a driver who'll make his second TCR start this weekend at Sandown. His name is Clay Richards, and he joins us on the show now. Hello, mate. Welcome to the program. Yeah. Hey, Krasley. Thanks for having me. No, you're very welcome. Thanks for jumping on. Um, This is cool. You you had a one-off at Winton early in the year, but... This is a, a cool opportunity to jump back into these cool little race cars and have a crack at what is really the home circuit. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to have a shot in uh, in the Audi at Winton, uh, along with Melbourne Performance Centre. Um, yeah, it was really just to just to you know dive in and see what it was all about, and uh, turned out to be a pretty cool weekend, getting a podium in race two. So that was that was something that was. Uh, definitely not uh expected that's for sure but uh yeah it was great like i had a ball and um and to partner up with gary rogers motorsport and hang char forklifts and the the baguana family as well that's uh, it's a really really cool opportunity and I, I can't wait to to get to the weekend tell me about winton did it exceed expectations was it where you expected to run and talk a little bit about driving these cars as well yeah, I mean, the whole purpose of Winton was just to, I suppose, get a get an idea of what the next sort of step for us is. Because obviously, we're in, we're in eighty six Toyota eighty six at the moment, and and we want to start thinking what's what the next step is. And and TCR was definitely on on our radar. Um, yeah, it was basically just a a learning weekend, really, just to see what it was all about. And and uh, yeah, I, I I qualified definitely qualified a lot better than I thought I was, and um, and and raced pretty well as well. And and yeah, I, it definitely exceeded my expectations. That's for sure. I wasn't uh, wasn't planning on getting a podium. That wasn't the whole 
the whole idea of the of the weekend it was just a, a really good bonus for us and and yeah it was it was just a fantastic fun weekend and and yeah we we learned heaps uh, how did you find yourself getting up to speed in these cars? Because I imagine they're quite different to drive than the very production car-based Toyota 86. So you're on a slick tyre, front-wheel drive, a um, little bit of aero yeah. as well. Just talk to that. Yeah, I personally, I didn't I didn't have too much uh, in terms of the, the transition from, from rear-wheel drive from, to front-wheel drive cars. I didn't really have any any struggles. I, sort of just, I, I did a bit of... Um, I've done a couple little XL races with a, a good friend of mine at, at an enduro event in the past, past couple of years. So I, I've I've been exposed to it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just sort of just uh, it, it, simple as it sounds, I just sort of drove it drove it as as it was. Um, and and it it I think I think it was all right because we we got a podium out <laughs> yeah. of it. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, there's definitely a big difference between the two cars. Um, obviously the, the TCR car is a little bit quicker than the 86, um, a lot more, a lot more aero as well. Um, but I, I found it was sort of the, the mindset of, of how you, you drive them is, is pretty, pretty similar. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, they still have their differences and, and, and strengths and weaknesses as well. I think it's a, just a Richard's generic trait because <laughs> your, your grandfather the legendary jim could jump into any racing car on any day of the week and be fast in the mall and your old man was exactly the same so i, I think yeah. it's just in your blood clay i reckon that's it's just bred into you from day one <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe uh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it has to be surely yeah hey, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about this weekend just just talk about this program and and how cool it is um those of us that have you know lived in the sport for a long time get the significance of the surnames involved but what's it like for you putting another chapter in what's now a multi-generational story of your family and the Barguanas and the rogers all sort of linking up to go car racing what's that like to be part of yeah yeah it's it's really really special i think i was talking to dad about it the other day um, you know, the three generations have been in, you know, have been involved in the same team, which is, you know, which is something that doesn't really happen quite often. Um, it's an awesome experience. And obviously my dad started his racing career with, with Gary Rogers Motorsport and, and really Gary set the, um, you know, I suppose, uh, set the pathway for him into, into supercars, um, as well as, you know, super tours and, and, and formula Ford. So. Yeah, it's it's very very special, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of family history there for sure. There's a fun link as well in that your old man raced a front wheel drive four cylinder, yeah, cool yeah. little pocket rocket touring car for GRM as well, which is yeah. a nice little link to the the Honda in the super touring era. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's it's again, it's the the family family history there, and it's yeah, it's just such a really cool opportunity to to be a part of you know that that program and and. Um, yeah, and I've got to thank Barry and, and Gary for the for the opportunity for that. Uh, tell me about Sandown. You must have done a million laps of that place. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely. It's it's definitely my home track. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it's a great track. I I absolutely love it. Um, it's you know it may look pretty simple on on paper, but when you're actually out there, there's there's a lot of different different things that that come up 
come up here and especially in the, in the wet as well. I think this weekend's meant to be meant to be pretty good weather-wise, but um, if you saw last year, it was it was quite wet. And the thing with Sandown is the um, it's probably one of the worst race tracks for a for a wet race because of all the different surface changes. Um, you know, you could come into a corner, you know, and and then on the exit of that corner, it'll be a different surface. So, but that's what makes it really really unique and and. Yeah, it's it's one of the reasons why I absolutely love it as well, just because you never know what you what you're gonna get. A busy little period as well, because straight after yeah. this weekend you go back to Sandown the week after in the Toyotas. I know it's been a challenging season for you in the eighty six yeah. series, but but what's that championship given you from a from a driver development point of view, which is what it, it aims to be. It's a driver development formula. So what have you got out of racing in that very competitive little series? Oh yeah, I mean it's such a competitive series. Like I've learned most of my racecraft from that from that series, um, especially this year as well. It's it's been you know I've really, for me personally, I've really stepped it up with my driving. Um, but it's a series you have to be, you have to be a balanced of, balance of aggressive and and conservative as well. I mean it's because it's because all the cars are the same and it's all close. You you know you really have to pick your pick your battles with that with that um category but it's it's such a fun category it's i mean the top 25 in qualifying can be within half a second which is which is crazy so i mean there's really there's not much you can leave on the table in those in those sorts of junior categories because they're because they're so so close but look i i mean even at the winton round I, I took a lot of um my 86 experience along with me that that definitely paid off so but um, yeah, it's just it's a awesome fun category, and and you know you're you're learning everything, you know. Sorry, let me rephrase. You're learning a whole bunch of stuff each time you go out on track. Mm. Yeah, and it, and it's pretty fearsome racing as well. We yeah. get the get the elbows out, which should prepare yeah, well. It's, it's it's either be passed or or pass. That's 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 the reality of the category. Or yep. be, be helped off the road somewhere inconveniently. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it does set people up well. And we've already in its short lifespan seen some great drivers come through the eighty six ranks. So where yeah. where's your journey go from here? What's the plan? You've gone through Formula Ford, went really well there. Um, eighty six is now a little bit of TCR. What what are you looking at for the future? And what would you like to do? moving forward in your career yeah look uh, we're we're still deciding that at the moment what the next step is um we're, we're looking at a few options uh, tcr is definitely one of them um super three super two uh michelin sprint as well mm. but um I, I suppose that next step is also um you know financially it's going to be um a big commitment but um yeah look we're just we're trying different things that's what this year has been about um just seeing what what the uh, what our options are for next year and and seeing what we can we can make out of it but um, it's all very sort of early days at the moment in, in regards to next year but um, yeah look something like TCR is definitely definitely something I um, I'd love to commit to that's for sure you mentioned Sprint Challenge and Ronan Murphy, the son of one mm. of your old man's Bathurst winning co-pilots has been running around in there. So we're in this great era at the moment where the second or even third generation drivers are now really starting to make their mark, which is cool. And and, and you speak to that because you've come up 
through the ranks with a lot of these guys, Ben Barguana as well. I know you guys have raced each other a little bit over the journey. So yeah. it, it must be cool to come up, not just with mates that you've been racing with for a long time, but people that are so deeply connected to our sport and have got great racing heritage as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for example, Ben and I, we, we go back to, to karting days. We've raced together in, in juniors and, and yeah, now we're, you know, teammates at Gary Rogers Motorsports. So for this weekend, so, I mean, it's, it's really funny. It's, it's a, you know, motorsport is a really small community and, you know, you can't really, um, run, run too far away um, and, um, until you bump into someone, you know, so mm. it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's really, really cool. And, and Ronan as well. I'm, I'm good mates with Ronan and, and we grew up together as well. So yeah, look, it's, um, yeah, it's it's a small world, which which um, makes it a good community as well. Uh, and speaking of community, uh, you and your dad and your family, the lovely Ange goes along as well. And I've yeah. had the fortune this weekend, uh, this year, to work with your sister Priya, who works with us at Porsche as our videographer for the series. Um, mm. So d just talk about that opportunity to go racing with the family as well and, and go on these trips. And I know you often pop up on the socials with your, your long road trips in the four-wheel drive, towing yeah, a race car yeah. around. What's that been like? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, ever since we've put this, you know, well, really, you know, throughout my whole car racing career, my whole family's been a part of it right until, you know, Formula Ford, uh, go-karts as well. Um, but, yeah, it's it's great to, to go away with the family. Obviously, Priya, my sister, does a lot of our video content and, and socials. Uh, Dad's very hands-on um, mechanic. With the cars race engineer um mum is takes looks looks after us with food and drink and making sure we're all you know we're all yeah re um feeling fed and 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 drinking our fluids so yeah it's um yeah it's a really really yeah it's really nice to to go away with the family and and spend my racing racing career with with them throughout 86 as well I couldn't think of a better family to do it with. So this weekend, uh, what what's the aspiration? The Peugeots have been pretty decent this year and GRM's traditionally gone reasonably well at Sandown and um, they were a competitive package there from memory 12 months ago in, in wet conditions, admittedly. So do you have a, a, a target of where you want to end up in this weekend's Super Cheap Auto TCR round? Is there something in your back of your mind or... Do you not go into it with that much of a plan? Do you go into it with a let's just see approach? Yeah, I, I try my best to to go into it sort of without too high expectations. But um, obviously, everyone's expectations are that you know to hopefully get a podium or or even even a win. But look, I, I think the the Peugeot and the Audi are two very different cars, and I think for me this weekend, I want to try and learn as much as I can and um, and give good feedback to the engineers and the mechanics and just really sort of, I, I guess, use all my resources to, to improve throughout the weekend. And, and yeah, look, if, if a good result follows, then that's a, that's a bonus really. But um, yeah, it's just mainly just to learn uh, as much as I can and, and soak it all in. Well, we hope it goes well for you, Clay. Really looking forward to seeing how it plays out. TCR has been 
very, very feisty this year. The racing's been very, very high quality as well. So I'm looking forward to yep. seeing you back in that field at what's going to be a great weekend at Sandown. Go well. Enjoy it. I'm looking forward to the shot in pit lane of your old man and Jason Barguana, but a foot further down, uh, watching anxiously as uh, the two boys go at it again about 25 years after they race together, which is a, a cool story. Go well this weekend, mate. Enjoy it. Yeah, thanks, Gauzy. Thanks for having me. There's Clay Richards joining us here on The Grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. All right, second half of the program. Thank you, Richard, for catching up with Clay. What a lovely kid he is. He is a ripper. And do you know what's scary, Shebex? Hello to you. Uh, is how much he sounds like his old man. Yeah. Uh, the mannerisms, the way he speaks, um, very composed, very thoughtful. Uh, there's a lot of Stephen Richards in Clay, which you'd expect. Um, but there's a bit of Ange in there as well, which is great. So we love Ange. So... Um, terrific family, the Richards, and uh, really excited to see Clay yeah. in action in TCR this weekend at Big Bad Sandown. That's going to be great fun. Certainly is, and we love this bloke as well. It's not Mark Walker. Well, we do love him also, but he's mm. on a plane flying back from his assignment over in Germany. So we decided we'd go to the next best thing. Matt Nolte <laughs> jumps online to chat to us. Hello, uh, Nolts. Hello, guys. Uh, did, did our friend Mike Walker leave the country after having to spend three fabulous nights at my place? Or... He did. He did. He did. <laughs> yes, it was some spa decontamination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had to go to Germany to get all the way around it. Special <laughs> guest host, host, Matt Nolte. It's uh, good to be back. It's been a while. It's the, the There's a reason fifth, for that. Yeah. <laughs> fourth or fifth highest profile thing you'll do this week. <laughs> now, can I just jump in early here? <laughs> I saw the tension that was between you two blokes the last time you were together on a Saturday afternoon on camera. Can we please leave that behind us and just be civil here today? No. No, no I, I, no, I don't no. think so. No, I think I, it's going to get worse. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because this isn't a visual <laughs> medium, so we need to sell it even harder. <laughs> what you're referring to, Shebex, is the tear-up. Uh, is it the tear-up or the tear-down? It's the tear-up, tear isn't the tear it? Up, yeah. Uh, that airs on the Shannon Speed Series channels uh, of a Saturday evening after every round. And it's our way of just giving a a slightly more casual debrief, I suppose, is the way to do it, of the events of the day that was. And uh, it's it's had quite a cult little following now, doesn't it? It's, it's quite popular. <laughs> yeah. Considering this little idea was hatched on the road trip coming back from Bathurst in 2021, we were both mm. sick of each other after 11 hours. He goes, we should do this live. Ele love this. 11 hours and three weeks. Yeah, in three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It seems to be going down well. What I didn't uh, take into consideration when our friend went to Lamar was the fact he was going to come back. So I've teed off yeah. him. Yeah. Winston thinking, no, he won't come back. And, and part of me felt like he wouldn't, you know, like he might mm. get an opportunity. Why would you? And, you know, see you later, Australia. Uh, then he come home and I went, oh, we're in trouble if he gets back in front of a camera and, well, he got us back good. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought that the internet is global and that I saw everything that was everything that was said? Uh, it's uh, it's great fun. Head to the Shannon Speed Series um, Instagram and Facebook page and YouTube account. It's everywhere. You can watch all of that. We are uh, looking for a sponsor. So if you want to sponsor what is arguably the eighth or ninth most popular Shannon Speed Series bit of content, um, I think it's one to jump on board early while it gains momentum. And if you'd like to sponsor what is probably the eighth or ninth most popular podcast. <laughs> well, no, the, the, podcast, well. the podcast is definitely more popular than the tear-up oh, for the time sure. being. Sure. <laughs> They're both uh, potential juggernauts. Shebex. One's visual, one's audio. Well, you guys yeah. get to uh, to Lax Wurikul 
Lex Lyrical? Lex Lyrical. Again, wax lyrical. Oh, there we fly, go. Man. oh wow. This yeah. is the influence Noltz has. He comes on the show and you just lose your I composure get nervous completely. when he's on. Wax <laughs> lyrical together again next uh, Saturday. When, of course, uh, everything mm. happens at uh, Sandown. Big bad Sandown for the double header. Sandown, uh, the uh, Speed Series this week. And then, of course, Sandown 500 following that. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be good. It's a big weekend, isn't it, Noltz? Um, TCR at a, a to talk car racing for just a minute uh is at a a bit of a crunch point it's the last sort of domestic round of the season um after this the internationals come for sydney and mount panorama at the the bathurst international at the end of the year so this is an important round for this championship and there's a bit of fire now isn't there a bit of jordan cox and tony dalberto getting into each other and uh the two hyundai teammates feel like they're on the verge of crashing into each other and then the Peugeots are chasing so there's there's quite a bit of fire in this field coming into what's a pretty key round for the championship. And forget the numbers, forget the fact that we've got slightly smaller fields than last year. The quality of racing, particularly in the first five, has been incredible. And to have the championship so tight now going into this round, we're moving into Tony down Tony D'Alberto territory, aren't we, really, this mm. weekend? Honda have always been good there at Sandown. And I think this is the weekend he's going to turn around there and get himself back into that mix because... Once the international guys get there, it'll get really, really tough at Sydney, which are one I'm looking forward to, night racing, under lights both nights. Yes, please. And, of course, Bathurst the following weekend. So really a turning point this weekend. I feel there'll be some tension uh, because there's probably more than a 98.973% chance we'll get some wet weather over the weekend. (laughs) Well, it is Victoria. What's it going to do, Shebex? You're the local. Uh, yeah, no, it's going to absolutely pour down Thursday and Friday. <laughs> We're fully aware of that. Saturday, there will be showers, and Sunday's going to be okay. Okay, interesting. But no, yeah, definitely Thursday, Friday, absolutely pelting down. Yeah, well, let's hope it's not like last year, where we, oh, were, we were drowned out there on um, on the Saturday afternoon. But no, looking forward to it. As you said, it's a busy, busy back-to-back weekend with the 500 the following weekend, and we really are hitting fast forward now. Before we know it, it's going to be the end of the season. We'll be going, well, how good was that? We crown a new champion. So it's really cool. The uh, the winter breaks over and it's time to get back into it. I want to ask you a question about being a race fan, uh, because you are. What's it like calling Trans Am with Matty White? How cool is that? Yeah, it's every time I do it, it's, it's pinch yourself. And I've, I've, I've been going through and watching some old, hard to say now, it's old now, but 20-year-old supercar uh, races and thinking, we used to sit there and watch him out the back, having some beers in the shed and watch him and Crompo and Scaife and those guys call. And now you're in the same box. It's the same feeling I had when I worked with Rusty the first time. It's like mm. he was talking. And then when he stopped, there was this gap because I thought I was just watching him and listening to him. All of a sudden, he'd sit next to you. <laughs> but um, that is just, as we both, all, all of us know, a total pro. What you hear and see on TV is exactly what he's like in real life. And, I think we've all uh, had to uh, lift our game again this year because now he's back in the commentary box. Uh, he's loving life being in there and he fits that category as well. It's a bit, yeah. Shebex, it's a bit like if we had to go and stadium announce at the G alongside you. Like, we just feel completely inadequate. No, I'm not, and I understand that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually quite funny because I've had a couple of times this year where I've had just... <laughs> I don't do Saturday afternoon games or the early games on Saturday anymore because I've normally got football, which I coach on a, a mm. Saturday morning with the under-18s, which means sometimes I get the opportunity to go to a 4 o'clock game or a 4.30 game at the MCG to watch if Richmond was playing. And yeah. that happened twice this year. So I'm sitting there in the crowd listening to someone else ground announce, and I'm thinking, 
this just isn't right. It doesn't yeah. sound right. Yeah. <laughs> like someone's stolen your wife yeah, or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so TCR, uh, as expected, will be hot and the like. What else are we going to see happening around the uh, the roads of Sandown? Well, Trans Am's got lots to play out. Yeah. There's a lot going on in that championship, and it is by no way and means anywhere near um, at a point where we can pick anyone who's a favourite going into it. And we've had three different winners in the last three rounds. Um, and after such a good start to the season, James Moffat now probably on the back foot, still as quick as he's ever been, but all these privateers have come out of nowhere. So Tommy Heyman was super up in Queensland. Lockie Dalton now appears to be a week-in, week-out contender, which is a great yeah. story. And then, you know, Elliot Barber popped onto the podium last time. I love the fact that yeah, they're, they're sort of all privateers in that field, but there's some big teams up against guys running cars out of trailers. But that's what's great about Trans Am, Nolts, is you get performances like that that just throw all the balls in the air and see where they land. And um, we're, we're due another Phillip Island at some point too, I reckon, with that um, Nash Morris and James Moffat finish that we got way back in uh, in May this year. And this is as close as to a street circuit that Trans Am gets a race on with those left uh, left 90-degree turns that these guys race on. Elliot Barber for mine, guys, uh, the biggest mover after the Queensland Raceway round. He made five spots up now, and he's in that little pack of guys with Webster. And Craig Scatella, Craig Scatella, who you don't really see much inside the top 10, has played the consistency game this year, and is now inside the top 10 comfortably in the series. But we have seen this trend all year where the guy that wins race number one tends to uh, go and sweep the weekend. So will that change? Well, hopefully we'll see some different names up there. We have, but they've been dominating when they've gone on to win races, haven't they? Yeah. And the spoiler in the pack could be Nash Morris because he's back, but he doesn't have a championship to worry about. So there's no doubt he's going to be very, very competitive, but he could be taking points off Moffat. He could be taking points off Dalton, Heyman, anyone else. So that's, that's going to be a, a storyline worth following this weekend. What I do love about Trans Am, Matt, is that there's no parody talk. All cars are just uh, uh, has got as much opportunity, not just due to the fact that they're all fairly similar, but also the driver comes into effect. It's just a really good category. One word we one word we banned from commentary the first weekend we ever did this uh, in the series because the racing speaks for itself. And look, there's politics, there's talk behind the scenes, but we're, we're never going to bring that to the front there because, as we've seen, it does see a variety of winners in the series. And you don't want to kill the magic of what this is because they tick every box that the race fan wants. They're loud, they're fast, they spit flames, and they're not, they're not afraid to bump panels. So the minute we start bringing the P word in, I think we need to have a good look at it. Yeah, that's fair cool. Fair cool. Keep it away as much as we can. <laughs> if we never bring the P word into anything ever again, I'd be happy. No, no. <laughs> what, what else we got, guys? Uh, V8 Touring Cars, Kumo Series back. So uh, Jude Bagwana continues to comfortably lead the championship there. But uh, dramatic, you know, you talk about the size of the field. Queensland Raceway was ridiculous and there are eight cars. So there's there's 20% more than that this weekend. So it could be even better. Um, looking forward to that. It's always quite good racing, and especially at Sandown, which is a circuit that you know basically grew legs off the back of V8 racing. So, looking forward to seeing how those cars go. And Jamie Tilly, I think, should be quite competitive there. He was a round winner last time out, uh, and I can't wait to see how many spots Jim Polisina makes up on that long, long, long drag race down towards 
Turn one, which is always fun. A good field of Australian production cars and GT4, monochrome GT4, which is cool. So Shane Smolin leading the GT4 ranks. A uh, couple of McLarens in the field, which is nice. Carl Begg's got one. He's always the, pretty quick. The Stillwells are running a car in GT4 now? They're running in production cars. Yeah. Yep, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Run Mustang. Oh, good the Mustang. That's right. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Michael Stillwell will drive this weekend, and then uh, at Bathurst later in the year, they'll Michael and his son David Stillwell will uh, team up, which is cool. A bit of family yeah. racing, which is great. Production cars are great like that; they're really cool. Um, and then rounding out the program, uh, Mark Cars Australia running their own field for the first time at a national level uh, on the Speed Series program, and a decent field of open wheelers in Australian Formula Open, which will be good. And I did those up at uh, Queensland Raceway at the Trophy Round, and it was really good racing. So Formula 3 and Formula 4 cars put together, and traditionally they've had some crackers at Sandown in the past. And I think um, the likes of John Collins and Chris Gilmore will be there, Trent Grubel, who's coming off the back of World Time Attack. Um, that'll all be, uh, all be pretty good. So yeah, looking forward to, uh, it, it's a pretty good program and two days of, uh, live coverage as well. Crowley for the, for ones that don't know about formula open, let, let's talk about some of the cars that are eligible for that, because I feel that's going to go gangbusters into 2024. Yeah. Well, it, there's potential for that to be enormous with all of the wings and slicks cars around. And we've seen the potential they ran at Isla Magic late last year for their final round in the, basically their first ever real round uh, and had 32 cars at Phillip Island, which was amazing. And we haven't seen a grid like that for donkeys, <laughs> which which is sad, but it's great that they're starting to do that. So I, I think as the year goes on, they're going to they're gonna pick up more numbers. And uh, it's important that Australia still has that open wheel pathway for all of the struggles that we've seen in open wheel racing here it's important that we've got it so uh afo tim macro and his team doing a really nice job with that category and yeah i think they'll put on quite a good show this weekend it's quite a professional class the cars still look modern the cars are still very very quick and um yeah they're still a good place for those young drivers to to work out what they're doing before they go overseas and we see that with um, adam gotch and agi sport with their ferrari driver academy program they're running um, with Motorsport Australia and the bunch of young, you know, 14 and 15 year olds, they've got barreling around there, which is excellent to see. So yeah, looking forward to seeing that talent, which, which brings me to the point that it wasn't that long ago, 2017, that um, we saw Liam Lawson in an F4 car at Sandown and it was his first race win in Australia in pouring rain. Uh, I was filling in for you, Shebex, that weekend. You were, mate. Yes, and, it was um, overseas in America. Yeah, and, and that was his first race win on Aussie soil. And, you know, he got within a place of finishing in the points in Italy, uh, the Italian Grand Prix on crazy. Sunday night, which was incredible. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, the, the funny thing about it is Adam's got those Formula 4s, and I think he's got a few of them. He brought a couple even from uh, England just recently over here to, to build up the stocks. The trouble is that Formula 4 now has gone pretty much halos with all their cars as well. So mm. they're a generation back, but they're still pretty good cars. Yeah, they, they have to go halo here. Um, they know that. And and it's not so much to keep up with appearances, although in a way it kind of is because you have a chat to a racing dad who's you know, a precious little talented go-karter, is 13 years old and is looking to make that step into car racing. All they've ever known is open wheel cars with a halo. So yeah. mum and dad now will... I'm much more likely to put their kid in a racing car if it's got a halo. They, they, will, and I've talked to dads and parents of kids about this. That they now they 
they see that as a fundamental non-negotiable to go open wheel racing because it's been such an effective safety addition to the cars. Um, yeah, so that they know, Formula Open know they've got to go down that road eventually at some point. They so then I ask you the question it. then with the knowledge of being a part of Formula Ford at the moment, Formula Ford hasn't got halos and probably never will uh, until this, the, the new model of Formula Ford comes out, the new chassis, which they've spoken about through Motorsport Australia in the last few months. But is, is that a deterrent for families to get their kids into Formula Fords? Yeah, I, I, I think it will play a role. I really do. I, I don't think it's not a complete deal breaker. And, you know, Formula Ford's safety record's pretty impressive for, yeah. for what the cars are and the racing and the, the quality of racing they have. They've had some pretty sizable shunts in Formula Ford history and called yeah. some of them, but uh, their, their track record is very, very good. And it only gets better when you get into a carbon fiber car. But at the same time, I, I genuinely believe it plays a role in decision-making for where where parents want to put their kids. So if, if the choice is to spend 250 grand here, running in a car without a halo or 400 grand running in Europe or America in Formula Regional or in Asia and Asian Formula Regional or F4, I think a lot of them will, a lot of them will spend the extra money to go and run in those series and just go straight overseas straight away. Like Piastri did that wasn't related to safety or anything like that, but um, we've got to do everything we can to make sure that these kids stay here and, and race in Australia before they go overseas. I think it's so important because look how long it's taken to build this, uh, I use the term relationship with Oscar Piastri because no one, no one knew who he no. is. Do you know the first race on free-to-air television in Australia that anyone watched that involved Oscar Piastri was his first Australian Grand Prix? Crazy. So you, you called it. Ford. Yeah, yeah, I did, actually did too. <laughs> uh, he didn't do Formula Ford. He didn't do Formula 4. Yeah. He raced go-karting, went straight overseas. So... Everyone knew him eventually because he was an Aussie getting into Formula One, but you, it took time. So I'd love to see these kids do that season here so you can build that bond, a bit like the Liam Lawson. Everyone goes, oh, I remember when Liam Lawson was in F4 and now he's doing well in F1. Everyone goes, oh, yeah, I was there. I saw that. That was cool. And I, I, I genuinely believe that's a factor, um, a factor for these young drivers. And that's the beauty of having F3 and F2 in Australia now at the Grand Prix because you'll see you know, yes. names – like this year, we saw the field for the first time. A couple of them are more than likely will move up into Formula One next year. And you'll go, okay, we've tracked that. So yeah. if we get that race in Australia now, that's going to inspire families and younger drivers now to go, you know what, we can come back and play on the big stage because instead of having only 20 spots now to race in front of the Australian crowd, you're going to have 60. Mm. Well, it's, it's the Christian Mansell thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone went, hang on, who's this bloke? Is that Nigel's son? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no, he's an Australian. Yeah, yeah. And everyone went, hang on a minute, why have we not heard of him before? Yeah. I was like, well, because he's never raced here. So, yeah, and and it's Jack Doohan, you know, we got to see Jack Doohan race here. So, yeah, I I, I think it's um, vitally important, Shebex. Nigel did like it in Adelaide a fair bit. So, well, <laughs> he did. How old is this boy? Uh, the, the other thing, too, is that it's, it's very much a rite of passage, also, isn't it? And that, and that, uh, scholarship type you know being moving from category to category we mm. really don't still we still don't have that here in australia super no. two's becoming a bit more of that now than what it ever has been but in the past there's you win the super two it meant nothing it doesn't mean you automatically get a drive or you get a chance to go into supercars it just mm. meant that you won another category effectively but yeah. that's sort of changing 
we're getting that. And you mentioned Jude Barguana before. And what I love about that lad is he can definitely drive. There's no doubt about it. But he's still going through and learning his craft in the categories as he works up. And in three or four years' time, he will be a supercar driver and he'll be a damn good one. Well, Formula Ford was the uh, the proving ground years and years ago before Super 2, wasn't it? How many guys we see in one hit move from Formula Ford straight into supercars? It still is, Matt, to an it extent. Is. And yeah. we've sort of hit this ceiling now where instead of five or six drivers making it out of Super 2 in the main game, one or two get in. And we haven't seen it really transfer, have we, in the last few years? Maybe now it's going to settle down with all the, the turbulence of the last two or three years behind us. We might start to see some clean sailing from it, but... It's, it's an exciting time. I mean, the positive yeah. is, you know, there's interest out there. The sport's rebounded right across motorsport from grassroots to the top level. It's it's booming. Don't let the don't let the keyboard warriors huh. tell you anything different else. It's it's frustrating. We all see it, but, but you know, the fact that we're getting good numbers everywhere and motorsport in general is quite healthy. We're, we're in for a good decade, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh still plenty of stories around supercars wise, even though they haven't been on track for a few weeks as we head into Sandown. Yeah, I'm well, the, <laughs> the the most civil, silly season of all time continues to just gently unfold, doesn't it? Yeah, it was, it, it, and you're right; it has been crazy. I'd like to leave your company. Yeah, no problems. Here you go. We'll sign you off. Yeah, we'll let you go. Yeah, and, and then a day later, oh, we're just yeah, we'll this driver. Yeah, it's, it's been weird. Yeah, it's um, it's quite funny, but yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to. We'll do a big Sandown 500 preview next week, but looking forward to um. To big bad Sandown coming back, which is going to be good. Uh, having a, a Bathurst warm up is going to be nice. I think all the teams need it with this car this year to work out what the hell it's going to do over a long race distance. And Sandown is pretty tough on on mechanical side of these race cars, so that's going to be a thing. But yeah, it's um it's good. It's all playing itself out. We're we're hoping we get a calendar soon at some point. Um, some positive rumours in the press this week that perhaps Newcastle will get a one year extension which is better than a no year extension so yeah. you take that and then work on 25 so fingers crossed but yeah we, we need a calendar now we need to work out where we're racing next year and who's going to get on the on the slots and where they all line up so we can start well, planning ahead been, because... this has been a bugbear of ours for a while though yeah. hasn't it it was <laughs> always Garen. that bathurst you could always expect a calendar yeah and now it goes into the gold coast it goes into where yeah, yeah it's just it won't happen late. it won't go that late this year it, it can't we're pretty confident it'll be Bathurst. I, I yeah. can't see it going later than that. I'd be surprised if it's out before Sandown, but you never know. I, I think it's going to be Bathurst. And, you know, the only really guarantee is we're going back to New Zealand next year. That's mm, one yeah. guarantee that's actually yeah. happened. And um looking forward to getting back over there as well. We, we need more races and that, that'll come in time. I think it's, they're, they're being smart with this one. As race fans, we want to see it as much as we can. But uh, at the moment, it's still, it's still tough times there getting through the build process and these new cars obviously took a bit longer to, to get out there, but you know, we'd love to see him go back to tracks like Phillip Island and Queensland raceway and back to Winton. Absolutely. Winton is at some point. I mean, that's, you know, the, the, the draw that brings in from country Victoria, it, it can't be dismissed. It, it has to go back. My ideal calendar, I reckon is 14 rounds. So 14, two more than this yep. year. So you add, you add Topo. I've got, every time we start saying Taupo, I've got Greg Rust in my head going, yes. Richard, Topor. it's Topor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, Greg. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, local. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Traitor. Um, yes. <laughs> but so the question for mine is, if we're going to add one back in, is it Queensland Raceway or is it Winton? 
So or, we're saying Phillip Island's totally out of the equation. Yeah, well, I don't think Phillip Island works. Yeah. I, they, it's it's not, more a TV round, isn't it, than anything? It's too much of a risk yeah. to go there and you're just going to do your house on it. Whereas I reckon if you went back to Queensland Raceway, you would ream the joint. So we had, what, 16 and a half, I think, for the Speed Series round over two days yeah. um, a, a couple of weeks ago, which was an excellent crowd. And, and it was a genuine, excellent attendance. Um, so that, you know, that bodes really well. You'd think there'd be a massive crowd there and I, I'd probably lean towards that. Now it's been quinified. Um, yeah. I, I'd lean into that. I, I think nothing against Winton and, and you need those country rounds, but at the same time, and I said it last week, I think the bend has sort of become that country weekend. People camp and it's got that great vibe and the yeah. smoky haze of the campfires in the morning. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was really tremendous and that can build more. Um, uh, Southeast Queensland's too big now to to ignore it. I think any further, and I'm only saying that this week because Mark, who is the most devout Queenslander in the world, um, isn't on the show, so he's got no uh, no no good point. Post. Mm. Oh, the other the other event that was well touted as being a possible no show after this year's event was the Australian Grand Prix, and it was due to the fact that, of course, supercars have sort of been given a bit of a raw deal now with. F2 and F3 on there and they've been hoisted out to the back of the paddocks and the trucks mm. have to be parked out and dandinong that far away and all this sort so of it's stuff. It's like the old days there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that a 100% definite guarantee for next well, year? Well, they're, they're locked in next year because they're yeah. contractually okay. bound to be. Um, yeah, beyond that, I, I can't see them giving it up. I don't know. It's a plum spot, isn't it? it yeah, I mean, it, it's still the biggest race meeting in the Southern Hemisphere 100%. by a margin. So, yeah, it is you know you get you get to be a support category and run in an enormous race meeting, or do you not run at an enormous well, race meeting and go and headline somewhere which gets four hundred and three thousand people less? The other thing know. is, is that if if there's talk about going into the Singapore Grand Prix as well as part of their racing mm. DNA, then obviously the Australian Grand Prix needs to be a part of your fixture as well. You can't. Don't yeah, want well, to you, pick up the other. They want to be on a couple of Grand Prix. So, yeah, I, I'm actually, I, I would probably throw Singapore into my mix as well. I'm, I'm not opposed to them going to Singapore, as long as it's not at the expense of the bend or something like that. Has to be an addition. It can't be, yeah. Can't, yeah. yeah. And can't if, they, if, if someone's going to write them a massive check for them to go and race overseas, ha- fantastic. Take it. Absolutely take it. But, but do it in an event which will be good for the cars. So Abu Dhabi and Bahrain weren't particularly good racetracks for Shocking. supercars. But they, they, these cars have been engineered for 40 years to race on street circuits. So I, I've, I think they'll be spectacular at Singapore. They'll be miles more entertaining at Singapore than the Grand Prix. Yeah. So I think that'll be a bonus. So maybe we go 15 and add that in, and then we can still go to QR as well. Anyway. When the Shahins buy supercars, don't worry about the <laughs> We'll never, ever lose its <laughs> well. spot. They say it's not happening, but anyway. No. I think Great publicity, Never though. say never. Wasn't it? <laughs> Wasn't it? Uh, F1. What do we think, boys? What do we think? Well, despite it was another Max Verstappen route, it was actually a very entertaining... No, you keep uh, saying this now, and I'm not buying it anymore. No, it was. Uh, you, I, I'll send you a copy of the group chat, uh, the other group chat, the one you're not on. Um, that's awkward. Is that uh, one that I'm not on? Yeah. But no it's, worries, it's probably what I'm not on one now as well, I'd say. Of course there is. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't get offended. Yeah, me. no. 
it's hard to keep track of all the group chats these days. I don't know if anyone else has the same problem, but I'm especially in about 23 of them. <laughs> especially when you're teeing off on someone and forgot they're on that actual group they're chat. They're on that group chat. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> and hello to, hello to Cameron Vandenungen, who's listening to the novel. Um, no, look, it's, uh, it, no, it was a genuinely entertaining race. A lot of it derived out of Ferrari. Um, but they, they didn't tread on themselves in this race, to be fair. They weren't quick enough. But they very nearly crashed into each other, which is always just brilliantly entertaining. So that that was fantastic. Thoroughly enjoyed that. It was actually a good race. They raced really well at Monza. And what they did, I wrote a column last week that my problem with that big string of European races they had in the middle of the year when Max was routing everyone, my problem wasn't Max dominating everything. My problem was that everything else just felt meaningless as well. The DRS passes were boring and completely meaningless. And the only thing worse than a boring race is a meaningless one. But they got the DRS right at Monza. So the DRS did enough to get you alongside in the braking zone, but not just cruise past waving. And at Monza, you can, because it's long, straight, slow corner, long, straight, slow corner, you can fight back by its very nature. It's a great racetrack for actual racing. So it produced a good race. Um, Max deserved to win. He was comfortably better, but... Um, Behind it, it was it was genuinely pretty entertaining. So it was all right. Hard luck for Oscar Piastri, who got Hamiltoned, um, which was irritating, but uh, probably cost him a points finish. And as we touched on earlier, Liam Lawson was outstanding um, in his second ever Grand Prix. Just missed the points, mm. um, which was amazing. So um, yeah, it was it was a, a decent race. Decent race. Dan, back for the next one. No. Ooh. Okay. No. No, I don't think he will. Well, how long would it take for you to get over a broken wrist? Uh, yeah, but, I mean, he's got screws and plates in there and stuff now. They can get him playing footy again after two weeks. The, the body language when he was walking through the paddock in Zandvoort, and there's a graphic picture going around, you could see the look in his eyes that, you know, maybe this could Season be over. It was an incredibly yeah. badly timed shot. Oh. Like and, two and races into your comeback, and yeah. then... The replacement comes in and looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm Liam surprised. Lawson, Liam Lawson to Red Bull, is it? And then well, Dan just lingers down. You could do sillier things and give Liam Lawson a drive. If you look into the future, yeah. like that kid could be an F1 for 20 years. Mm. So he could be as good as anybody. So he's pretty talented. Um, before we get into the hots and not Shebex, just quickly uh, around the world. Um, Kyle Larson won the first playoff race in NASCAR Southern 500 at Darlington. So big win for the Hendrick driver third of the season. Um, I've been delegated NASCAR this week because Mark's not here. Uh, I'm sure he found a way to watch it whilst on holiday. However, um, so well done to Kyle Larson, Hendrick Motorsport, moves him to second in the championship behind his teammate, William Byron. So the Hendrick guy is looking really good. Tyler Reddick uh, in third position, Chris Busher in fourth, equal with Denny Hamlin, who's just signed a new multi-year deal with 2311 Racing, the team co-owned by Denny Hamlin and his heiress, Michael Jordan. So... Uh, good stuff in NASCAR. Their racing's been pretty good on the ovals this year, and uh, they head to Kansas next, and then the short track at Bristol, Texas, uh, the wild card at Talladega, which is awesome, um, the Charlotte Roval, then uh, Las Vegas Homestead, and uh, all the way towards Phoenix at the end of the year. There's one in there. Uh, there's one other one in there as well that I've forgotten somewhere, but um, 
anyway, they'll roll on to that. So, uh, yeah, into the playoffs now. So Larson continues onwards. A couple more races and they'll bump four drivers out and then they'll keep eliminating until they get that championship four. So competitive stuff in NASCAR land. Half a chance too, boys, that we might see Larson out here over summertime. Oh, please. Can someone give can't that? Not so kid? much right now, but uh... oh, you can't come on this show and just start throwing <laughs> stuff like that out, Matt Nolte. This, this might get me back on in six weeks instead of twelve. Yeah, for those people that don't know, Matt Nolte is heavily involved in speedway racing. We're talking <laughs> so about that's the track, uh, connection that we're going to get, isn't it? Here, mm. yeah, there's there's a bit of a momentum stone to build that he'll be out over summertime, and of course, he was a regular there with the Sean Dyson team uh, before COVID. It was pretty cool seeing with him at the Classic in 2020 before the world went silly. But, uh, yeah, more on that one, hopefully, in the next few weeks. Uh, maybe we'll see him come out here and grace our shores over summertime for at least a couple of weeks. Matt, did it, I read that the Outlaws are not happening this year? Uh, world Series. World Series. World Series, sorry. Yeah, World, yeah, Series, world, world Series is on ice uh, for another year. Yeah. Um, potentially back next year. I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot a bit here because the the speed week series that have been going on at the the local tracks has proved to be quite popular particularly in wa they've run their own speed week there for many many years but having these combined ones now with new south wales and queensland the victoria south australia one is really really strong considering we don't have a metro track right now yeah murray bridge mount gambia avalon and warnable have a really good speed week period which was the old speed week yeah. in the world series days so uh, Perth's going gangbusters. Um, that's going to be another big, big year. A couple of more Americans will be announced for all of that. So when you know we're going through a big finish to the season here, the summertime is going to be enormous with with sprint cars and of course drag racing with their new championship starting too. So plenty to see and do. If you're a supercar team owner, and I'm looking at you, Barry Ryan, uh, <laughs> and you don't put Kyle Larson in a car for a test day, you're mad when he's out. Surely you give him a drive. For sure. That bloke Absolutely. can drive anything and drive anything quickly. Like we'll do the Indianapolis 500 next year with McLaren. So that's going to be enormous. Um, Nolts has already booked his flights. I have. I'm not I've, even joking, Shebex. Got the apartment sorted. We're ready to go. Sensational. Mm, we might have to do on the grid live from uh, the bar again, like we did in 2016. Closed. Not there anymore. Yeah, well, we'll, we did that good a job that it shut down. We so. shut down Colts Bar <laughs> yeah. and Grill. We yeah. we could. We'll, I'm sure we'll be easy to find another bar that we can go and um, drink. Might have some contacts we could work out somewhere. No, oh, do you? <laughs> it's almost as if you go out. Uh, just before we dive into the hots and knots, and I hope you've done a little hot and not list nots uh, for our, our annual power ranking or weekly power rankings. Uh, just the other thing, and uh, I'll only just touch on this, Shebex, is um, the IndyCar series has got one more race to go at uh, Laguna Seca this weekend. However, uh, the championship is all over. Alex Pillow wrapped up his wow. second IndyCar championship from two years with what was his fifth win of the season for Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, really impressive drive at Portland International Raceway. Cool racetrack there in the Pacific Northwest. And um, he's delivered Chip Ganassi Racing another championship. Uh, the interest now turns to what happens with second, third, fourth, and fifth. Um, Scott Dixon probably safe, you'd feel, in second. But with Newgarden, O'Ward, McLaughlin, and Ericsson, uh, the fight is on to see who can round out the top three in the championship. And uh, I'm pretty certain Scotty would like to become top Penske driver at the end of the year. So I'm sure he's got uh sight set on his bus bro, Joe New. 
uh, to get himself up. So, uh, yeah, good stuff in IndyCar racing. Another good race in Portland, actually. It wasn't a thriller, but um, entertaining the whole way through and lots of good close hard racing. All right, let's get into our hots and knots. Crazy as always, you can kick us off. Where would you like right. to start, hots or knots? Well, I think we'll start with hots. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start with Alex Pillow because what he's doing in IndyCar racing is pretty remarkable. Given all the Barneys going on around who and what he's driving for, and at any one time he's driving for Chip Ganassi or um, McLaren, uh, and there's lawyers at 10 paces and all sorts of stuff. Somehow he managed to compartmentalize all of that and just go and be a really good racing car driver. And his IndyCar stats are pretty remarkable in a short space of time. So that's a hot, uh, the Porsche super cup finale from Monza on Sunday night. That is super smoking, unbelievable hot hotness, uh, incredible race in a nutshell, uh, Bastian Boos just had to finish the race in the points to win the championship. Larry Tenvoord needed to win the race with Boos finishing outside of the points to win the championship. Bastian Boos gets turned around oh. at turn one, drops right outside the top 20. Larry Tenvoord starts fourth, makes an incredible start, carves his way to second, and then spends the entire race battling with Harry King who is Bastian Boos's teammate at Lechner uh-huh. Racing. So Bastian Boos, I think, needs, I hope on Sunday night, he bought Harry King lots of drinks because Harry spent 16 <laughs> laps and two safety car periods holding out from Larry Tenvoord, who's a two-time Super Cup champion. Um, wild race, incredible stuff. But it gets better or, or worse for some, if you're an Aussie fan, because Harry Jones, uh, reigning Porsche Career Cup Australia champion, needed to finished on the podium outright with Giretti, who was leading the rookie championship, not scoring. If that was the equation, he would win the rookie championship for the year. Giretti, DNFs, taken oh. out, contact off the road at the second Lesmo. Uh, finish. Harry Jones started third, lost a couple of spots on the opening lap, dropped back to fifth, raced his way back to fourth, um, passed for third place and got to third was repassed by Simone Iaquinta, who's the Italian driver who was racing in front of his passionate Italian friends and family and had zero Fs to give uh, in that race. He had no (laughs) implications whatsoever. Um, Harry bumped his way past him on the start of the final lap, but somewhere between the second Lesmo and the Ascari chicane, Iaquinta got by and just beat Harry Jones to the rookie championship by a point and to the final step on the podium. All of this happened in 16 laps and two safety cars. Uh, it was wild. Hot Porsche Super Cup. And uh, my final hot this week is it's... Barton Moore. Barton Moore is one of motor racing's great human beings. He is an absolute ripper. And uh, on the weekend, he drove RP968, which is the ridiculous time attack Porsche 968, to the new quickest ever lap at Sydney Motorsport Park in anything uh, in the World Time Attack Challenge on the weekend. So well done, Bart. Hugely deserved. He is a superstar and um, a perennial underrated driver and showed his class there in a very, very cool racing car. So well done to Barton Moore. That is my hots.
for hold on. a week. Now, Matt Nolde, you can hold on for a sec because if oh, you're oh, taking oh. Mark's spot, you go last. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't keep up with those ones. Mine's going to be pretty tame. Mine's going to be mild, not hot, I don't think. No, and yeah. I always just jump in the middle with something nonsensical, yeah. and Please. today's no different. There might be two uh, of us tonight. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, today I have a non-motor racing hot. Oh, oh that's okay. We talked about this, Shebex. No, no, no but this, is, not this sure. is a very personal hot. Okay. Have okay. a listen to this little piece of audio. Yeah. Bait on the outside, a further back to Gonchor and needing room, and Tazaro given a wind up by Schofield, three lengths away, just fine. At the 300, took the lead away from Mark Snell. Tazaro's labouring a little bit. Logan Street lines coming off the fence, but it's just fine, bursting clear inside the 100. Just fine, three lengths clear from Tazaro and Logan Street line, and just fine. What a great debut that is. Just fine by three. Tazaro second, an inch in front of Logan Street line. That was my horse winning its mate and race at Ranwick <laughs> on Saturday, just fine. Now, let me give you the story to this. I have a share in this horse. It was the first win for King Charles. When the Queen died, it was in the Queen's stable. King Charles oh. continued oh. to race some horses. This was this was his first winner until he sold half of his stable. A group of blokes brought it over to Australia. I brought it into the syndicate. It won its first race on Australian soil on Saturday at Ranwick. Right. And today was nominated for the 2023 Melbourne Cup. So, Fantastic. let's just get this straight. Tony Shebecki, podcast Good. host of On the Grid yep. and voice of the G, yep. former commentator of the great show Gladiators. Yes, bring Shebecki back for when it comes back. Um, you could have a Melbourne Cup runner. A Melbourne Cup runner. Now, I, for me, that is the equivalent to Crusher having an Indy car. Yes, runner. true. 100%. Yeah. So, we'll wait and see how it wow. goes. Can uh, I it's ask, nominated. Yeah. Can I ask? Yeah. What was the what was the overall prize for winning at Randwick? Eighty six thousand for winning Randwick on Saturday. Eighty six thousand dollars. Yeah. Really? That was first prize in you're, Saturday. It paid eleven dollars. Your shout so, on the your shout on the week. I paid eleven dollars. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So that was oh, that was more that's... worth it to me than the eighty six thousand because I only good. own three tails on its three hairs on its tail. So <laughs> that, my share does equates to not much of the prize yeah. money, but so you get about uh, it's just nice to be able to have a share in something that could be pretty big. So I'm looking forward to seeing how ah, that no, that's this a great good thing. Just fine goes over the no, next uh, few weeks. Well, I'll allow that hot. That's outstanding because Thank when you. you win the Melbourne Cup, uh, you're bankrolling this show forever. So I could also fantastic. have a winner. I could also have a winner at Sandown next week as well with Control, oh. which is my other horse that I have. Oh, it's, it's, it's running midweek Sandown next week. So bloody horse nice. Baron, this bloke. Who knew? Outstanding. So it's going to run Thursday on setup day, so we can watch it from the media center. Yeah. <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> Very Off good. Um, yeah, wow, that's <laughs> mine's nothing like this. Um, my hots, uh, because I don't get on the show too often, I've got a couple of sort of uh, might be historical ones, but mm. can I go for Sandown next weekend straight up? So I won't be on the podcast next week. I've never been more excited about the endurance race that's coming up next weekend because I think we are for the most wildest, unpredictable 500 kilometer races we've ever seen. Yeah. I know it's all cliches and stuff, but and um, it's a lot of hype that goes into these events. But seeing what's been going on in testing today, limited testing for the Victorian teams, no one's managed to do a lap at Sandown before we get there. There's always that thread of where I just cannot wait to see that 500k race back there with so many new pairings out there as well. It's just going to be incredible. So that's my future hot. Can I just oh, add to good. that, that the, the hot gets even hotter when mm. you think that it's going to be 
double the distance in three weeks' time after Sandown. Yeah. And God knows what the hell could happen at Bathurst. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, some other other ones for me. Go. The other week, seeing cars back on the Thunderdome really got me yeah, hot uh, for all the right reasons and got me all nostalgic to go and watch some old uh, races and a, a DVD that's out now as well. And locally for me, the Ben Dragway, it's just about to open. And Krause and I have both walked on it. We've kissed the concrete. We've sat in the stands. It opens in just over two months now. It's highly anticipated. It is an enormous facility and it's almost sold out for the very first event. Just today, yeah. they've announced Charlie Dixon as their main ambassador, uh, one of the legends of Port Power. He'll be there as one of the ambassadors of the event. So three big things that I'm excited about. Still hot. Might have to jump over a cold shower. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you didn't add your spa to that list because I imagine that's hot right now. <laughs> the world famous spa. It's a spa-free zone tonight, this Steamy. conversation. It's not. Not uh, I did actually forget one hot. Oh, yeah. oh, this is this well, is how we roll. Um, I just uh, I wanted to add in hot the YouTube algorithm. Uh, it knows my soul, <laughs> YouTube, mm. which may have something to do with my browsing habits because uh, I was sitting down last night and nothing on the idiot box, so I flicked the YouTube on my phone, streamed it to the TV, and the first suggested video that came up was the last hour of the 1995 Bathurst 1000. Nice. So I just lobbed that on the screen and watched Larry Perkins charging oh. his way to the front. So hot to YouTube. Thank oh. you. It was a very enjoyable little hour I spent there. While you're on the subject of uh, YouTube, before we yes. go on, my algorithm came up with something really cool, and you might have watched it if you haven't. I'm concerned. Crompo's first IndyCar test. Oh, yes. With Tasman. on Channel 10 back in the day. It goes for about yeah. 40 minutes. Uh, nice. It's good quality. Uh, it's yeah. really, really cool. I, mean, I was lucky to walk around at Indy with him back in 2017. We found his diecast test car. Oh, great. Big swap meet over there as well. And he went on to tell me how close it was to yeah. become reality there in the late 90s. But really cool. Bit of nostalgia, bit retro. It's very cool. Very good. Knots. All right. Knots. The race direction at the start of the Italian Grand Prix. <laughs> Yuki Sonoda's car expires on the formation lap. Mm -hmm. Uh Marshals can't push it back. Everyone sits around twiddling their fingers for five minutes, and then they decide that they're going to go through the full start procedure. By the time they decide that they're going to go through the full start procedure again, the car's already been recovered. So instead of losing three minutes, what we did was lose 20, and as a result, I had to stay up past midnight again. So very frustrating. No one seemed to have a freaking clue as to what was going on. Yeah. Um, it was really irritating and it just, it just looked thoroughly unprofessional. Um, not five second penalties in formula one at the moment. It was Oprah Winfrey spec giving out of five second penalties on Sunday night. <laughs> and uh, but the we, thing but that, we've spoken about this before. If everyone gets a five second penalty, it means nothing. Correct. The thing that ground my gears a lot, or two of them, one, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell both got five second penalties, but it absolutely did not change their finishing position. No. Because they were far enough in front of yeah. the car behind that it didn't change them. But five-second penalty Lewis Hamilton for causing an accident with Oscar Piastri. So it cost Oscar Piastri 25 or 26 seconds because he had to go to pit lane, limp back for starters, had to go to pit lane, new front wing, out, cost him a world championship point or four. Mm -hmm. um, Lewis, it cost him nothing. So punishment's got to fit the crime there. Um, which segs nicely into the next knot, which is Lewis fencing Oscar. 
um, with a little side knot of um, Sky Sports F1's Ted Kravitz instantly blaming Oscar Piastri for that. <laughs> Moments before the graphic came up saying five-second penalty Lewis yeah. Hamilton for, uh, yeah, so a little bit of... It's uh, the ashes all over again. He went, went default mode, didn't he? Yeah, a little bit of uh, 21 hangover and uh, British, uh, British fandom going on there. That's okay. Uh, not the driving standards in Formula 2 and Formula 3 were average. And all of the races at Monza weren't particularly great there in support category land. But what really fired me up was the late Desperado blocking um, and those hard swerves across to cover off someone when they've already started making a move. It's not going to be long before someone at Monza gets turned into a slight aircraft and gets deposited up into a catch fence or something. And that's going to be really bad. That's a not. It was a bad look for the sport and for young drivers who need to learn how to drive better. Um, not testing shunts uh we record this on a tuesday night and today was quite a dramatic day of supercar testing shane van gisbergen had a very big crash at uh, queensland raceway at turn six when the front brakes on his red bull camaro failed and fired him into the barrier well done to triple eight for getting that car fixed on site and back on the racetrack so crashed at about 9 30 and they had the thing patched up by uh 2 30 i think it was they got him back yeah. on track uh, and a rare occasion with a Gen 3 car not needing to be uh, heavily restored after an incident. So well done to Red Bull. Good stuff, but bad. And Matt Stone Racing had a wheel fall off. Mm. One of the truck assist Camaras ended up deposited in the gravel trap there. So that's not great, is it? No, a week a out from the no. second biggest race of the year. That's uh, that's bad. And my final knot, my final knot uh, is Barton Moore. And oh, yeah. I go... We just gave, yes, I did just give Bart. So was he going quick enough or? No, no, I gave Bart a big rev up. But there's a time and place for celebrations. And generally when one celebrates, you celebrate at the end of an race or an event. Uh, having just broken the Sydney Motorsport Park lap record uh, with several sessions yet to go that some people tell me would have almost definitely been quicker, uh, Barton Moore got onto the roof of RP968 and celebrated his new lap, as he should have. But maybe a little bit of caution should be exercised when jumping off said roof. Oh, because Barton jumped off said roof and quite badly broke his foot and ankle. Oh, oops. Ow. So that's a not because yeah. he still had some driving to do. But um, unfortunate, badly unfortunate for Bart. Congratulations that he still got the lap record and he still won. No one was able to beat that thing uh, across the rest of the day. And he was evil, even able to get back there and um, and celebrate with the team at the end of the day with a cast on. And I noticed <laughs> he was very quick at putting a sponsor sticker on it as well, which is very Barton. Um, but yeah, don't. Don't break bones no. celebrating something before the day's over. That's a big, big knot. Uh, my knot is a continuation of one of your knots then, but on a different slant. Uh, let's hope to God that it doesn't rain at Sandown or Bathurst because endurance testing was stopped for three teams due to weather. Mm. Now, you're not going to get it perfect every day of your racing career. There is going to be rain that will fall on tracks. Hopefully not on Sandown or Bathurst because these teams elected not to run on a wet tyre and just pull out and say, oh, we'll be back tomorrow and we'll continue then. Not good enough. Your cars need testing in every situation. There was weather. Just test. What does it matter, really? That's a good knot from you, Shebex. I think that's it was a wasted opportunity, wasn't it? Like, because yeah. if it dried up, you could learn how to 
you know, when's the right time to pit, when's the right time to get on the slicks or get on the wets or yeah. that, to me, I mean, we're, we're too focused on having a track perfect and dry and has to be ultra fast straight away. We're not allowing for changeable conditions and we're going to two tracks that we know are renowned for changeable conditions. Well, we can be guaranteed at three o'clock on the race day of Bathurst that there will be talk of rain. Yeah. Of course. It's happened for the last 35 <laughs> years and it will continue to happen. <laughs> My knots, I'm going to continue a bit off the back of Krause's when it comes to Monza. He pretty much took the uh, the wind out of my sails. Now, this I, happens I, a lot in this segment. It does. Mm. <laughs> I've been incredibly frustrated, as you know, Krause, with motor racing this year to a point where I had a protest. I wasn't going to watch Formula One for a bit to get my energy back. And I did just to watch Monza because it's a classic, it's a classic F1 race. I'm sick to death. And this is a this is a massive knot in capitals. I think it's I don't care. I'm sick of hearing about safety cars, virtual safety cars, and time penalties. I haven't seen a clean race in F2 or F3 all year. They mm. get no momentum. They virtually get to sector one and someone's dropped a wheel off in the dirt and it's a yellow flag. Someone's half spun. They throw a safety car out there. Just let them bloody race. Mm. It's going because these guys and girls are paying a lot of money to be there and they're spending more time behind a safety car. How is that a world championship and how is that to be taken seriously? The yeah. FIA race direction this year feels very, very, very conservative, doesn't it? Like yeah. they're very, very... There's reasons for this though, isn't there? If, if a win, if, if, you know, if the breeze changes direction, they'll throw the safety car. It, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't disagree at all. You know, it's... It's it's that frustrating that people, I can just imagine people are turning off down to sky. I can't be bothered. You spend mm. more time with a, a 30 minute window. I know a lot of series now just go instead of having lap races, we have time races. So it's 25 minutes plus mm. one lap. Maybe that's the way to go, but not on the world stage. You've got to let them race. We're taking away, we're taking away the risk. We're taking away the 95% of the reason why we get up there and watch it. These guys and girls put themselves out there to race really, really hard. And it just feels like now that any any hint of danger, we've got to we've got to neutralise it. I mean, we always get critical about TV races and TV cautions coming out because the race is a bit dull, but this is going too far. No, uh, you, you've stolen my not from three weeks ago. Oh, well, sorry. Told F1, <laughs> no, no, I told F one management, don't kill the goose that laid the golden egg. Yeah, yeah. Pe- yeah. People are flocking from everywhere to watch Formula One at the moment live. Record sellout. Uh, minutes for the Australian Grand Prix, American Grand Prix totally sold out. People love it. Don't stuff with it. Don't yeah. mess it up. And I feel they'll jump off to... as quick as they jumped on. I feel it will. I feel it'll have a big impact in in you know a year or so's time. They're riding a massive wave right now of popularity, but it won't take long for it to become dull. Yes. Or maybe we're just getting old and we just remember how. Maybe how <laughs> oh, cool that I don't know. That's... There is that too. But that's, really? that's really frustrating. And the other thing, too, I know Italy had a lot of storms during the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There did Monza look. It looked yeah. like time when they first did yeah. the upgrades of the track there. It looked really bare. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was vividly noticeable. Brundle said it in the commentary at one point, noted that he's used to seeing this massive tree canopy and it had all been blown away by the, the terrible storm. So, yeah, it was. that's a good knot. It's a good knot. Uh, well, can I just can I just throw in a final knot then the one Please. that I forgot and it is a non-racing knot, but I thought you I did so well. Like, 
<laughs> in my in my guise as a football coach in the under-18s at Spotswood this year, we played in the finals on the weekend on Sunday. Mm. One umpire led the charge in paying 82 free kicks Oof. in an under-18s game. In a 17-minute in a game plus time on, it equated to one free kick every 80 seconds. <laughs> you talk free. about not getting into con- any yeah, continuity free. or any momentum. Free kick oh, author. Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, not good. That was yeah, ridiculous. I'll allow yeah. that not. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, my team did lose. Oh, but, that, but, that, but it wasn't the umpiring that made us lost. We just weren't good enough yeah, on the no, day. Yeah. Well, that, at but least you can accept that. That's good. It was bloody frustrating, let me tell um, you. Thanks for jumping on, Nolts. Yeah, good on you, Nolts. Thank hey, you, mate. Thank you. Let's do it we'll again. We'll have to do this again in two years' time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, guys. I look forward to seeing you on the weekend, Krause and Shebex. Let's catch up, man. It's been too long. Yeah, look forward. We, we, we will, mate. We'll uh, see what we can do. Good on you, Krause. I'll catch Bye, you mate. again soon, buddy. Ciao for now. And we'll catch you soon. Mark Walker rejoins us again next week right here on The Grid.